Gambit has returned. It's a glorious day. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so happy. I mean, I'm talking about classic Gambit. Yeah. The retro Gambit. Exactly. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And today we've got a great week of comics. Oh, such a great week of comics. Really, really enjoyed myself reading these. Yeah, this was just all killer, no filler. This was a Paul Smith oh. run. This was... Oh, all killer, no filler, he says. What's that from? What's that from? I have it's... absolutely no idea. Some 41. Yeah, that I would have never known that. Not in a million years. So today, we're talking Secret X-Men, which is X-Men Unlimited. Number 50. We're talking Gambit. Number two. The Great Gambito. <laughs> we're talking X-Force. Number 31. Craven's got a new coat. We're talking Knights of X, number five. The final Knights of X. And X-Men, number 14. Oh, man. Look at Cyclops. Look at Cyclops. But first... But first... We have to talk the news! (laughs) I posted on Instagram yesterday. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that you could enter in multiple comic codes and then hit redeem. So you have to put like a comma between them or? No, no, no. So, so you go to the redeem page, you put the code in, you hit redeem, and then it appears underneath the box. And mm-hmm. then the box is empty, so you can put in another code. So then it's like, you have two comics to redeem. You have three comics to redeem. I never knew you could do that. I would just say, okay, I got one comic, redeem comic. And then it would go to a new web page, and I would have to go up to the top of the bar and delete success to go back to the redeem page and enter in a new code. Oh. I had no idea. What what Three made you years. make this revelation? I did it on accident. I thought I didn't I thought I had already redeemed it and I saw the empty box and I was just cleaning up. I was going through occasionally I'll I'll go back through and I, I want the amazing Spider-Man run mm-hmm. in digital and the Black Panther run, but I don't always do it like immediately because it's mm-hmm. not it's like, not pressing. Yeah, right. X-Men is pressing. Mm-hmm. But then it just blew my mind. It, it literally, I said out loud, sitting on the couch by myself, wait, what? <laughs> Your whole life changed by a happy accident. And I, I redeem at least three comics every week. Yeah, at least. Well, for anyone who didn't know, now they know. There so you there go. you go. There you go. There's a bunch of gaming covers revealed, a new wave of cover styles. Oh, each one with either uh, a single character or a couple of characters and, and a very unique design style. There's an article on Marvel that has all of them. Oh, cool. The Hellfire Gala making a comeback. Mm-hmm. They put up the issue for the Hellfire Gala on Marvel Unlimited this week. Oh, snap. In conjunction with X-Men Unlimited number 50. Oh, in case you were like, what's this whole party about? Right. Because you would read X-Men Unlimited, but not the tangible paper issues well i mean if you only subscribe to marvel unlimited Mm. then you're reading three months behind and what they also and i didn't notice this until the next day they put a infinity comic of the little vote results comics so the little which it's by the same creative team that did this x-men unlimited interesting i thought it was great i thought it was great synergy of it's steve fox too who writes house of 92 Oh, cool. 
Look at that. Full circle. Connections abound. All those things coming together. There's a cool article on Marvel about the Hellfire Gala highlights and their top moments. Mm. Moira wearing... (laughs) Moira Jane is there again. Well, it's pretty classic. Now classic. Pretty uh, epic moment. Pretty kind of her move and Ben Percy's move of skinning someone and wearing them as a coat. Yikes. It's true. Yeah, uh uh-huh. I got really excited about this. They announced it today. There is a Jim Lee experience at New York Comic Con. Oh, what does that mean? That means it's an extra ticket Mm -hmm. that you buy ahead of time that gives you three different tiers. There's one that's like you just get a... CGC graded and witnessed autograph on a article of your choosing, a piece item of your choosing. Okay. The second one is you get a print from him, an exclusive print, plus three comics of your choosing, mm-hmm. or three items of your choosing. He'll sign anything. Anything. And a photo with him on your camera. Okay. And the third one is all that, plus those three items are CGC graded. Oh. I'm getting the middle one, and I don't care who knows it. Okay, I was going to say, which which level are we going I'm for I'm getting here? the middle one. I almost bought it already. You probably should. I think I should, actually, before this goes up, and everybody's yeah, like, and I need that too. Yeah, before everyone takes it, and then you miss out. I'm literally going to do it right now. So if you purchase this, like, is this just like going to a booth? Like, do I get to walk over with you, or is this like... I don't know. A personal thing and Alicia just has to go be sad in the corner while it happens. I'm not sure. I think you can go. You wouldn't. I mean, maybe you would be able to be in the photo, right? I don't know. Because it's like it's it's not saying that I can't take. It's on your phone. It's like a selfie, basically. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Or or you take the photo of me and Jim Lee. Mm -hmm. You got to wear a mask, though. Masks are required. Okay, that's fine. Believe it. Trust it. Know it. Fine with it. It's funny. I We've been watching Stranger Things again. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a tangent. When I worked at Rhode Island Comic Con, the first time I was sat with the big Russian guy. Yeah. He is friends with Jim Lee and his wife. And he brought that up when we were sitting just talking. And he was like, oh, do you know the comics creator, Jim Lee? And I was like, my jaw dropped. You were like, I was like, do I know Jim Girl, Lee? Of course I know Jim Lee. <laughs> I mean, I don't know Jim Lee like you know Jim Lee. Like but like I know Jim Lee. You having dinner with Jim Lee. I need to look up his name before I talk to Jim Lee because I got to say that. I was like, hey, hi, have you had dinner with so-and-so and his wife? Because the guy who plays the angry Russian yeah, stranger thing. That's not how you make friends. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And finally, our Krakoan poll. Oh, any last predictions? Any predictions of what the best comic of the week was, or or where or how clear it was? Or mm, I don't know that it was a clear winner, but I'm going to go with X Men. It was X Men. It was X Men at fifty three percent, and Nailed it was it. it was a lot closer before we had dinner. And oh. then the last six votes were X Men, X Men, X Men, X Men, X Men. We're voting for X Men. Knights of X number five at thirty six percent, and X Force at eleven percent. All right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Solid, I think. Not my order. Not your order. We had a little. Uh, this little. This is a little rift. Little audible called. A little sports right. term. Sports yeah. term. You Don't like, use them. Uh, but here's the deal, everybody. While we were eating dinner, Justin said to me. 
I mean, I could go either way. Like, what do you think about the order? I could go either way with Knights of X and X Force. No, that's not what I said. Yeah. No, that's not what I said. I was I was thinking which is higher, X Men or Knights of X, and I had put X Men highest and kept X Men highest. Oh. But I was I was not. And then when you said Knights of X first, first. Yeah. And then I was like, nope. We just scratches from the record and then when i started this episode reading off the comics i said, I said knights of x after gambit and he was like uh-huh. you're gonna up, need to do, you're gonna record. need to put it back in yeah, the order take it, take it, take it in which i said take it again try it again well i mean to be fair the order that i gave them to you is not the order we're talking right gambit but is actually these- much higher in my right. heart because oh man i just um I'm here for it. Spoiler alert, I'm here for it. Yeah. And this, the order in which we're talking about them is technically the order in which the people voted. Yeah. So maybe we should use that a little bit more often in the order in which we talk about them. Mm. Mm. We're doing this new thing where we're recording video. So everybody now, if I wanted, could see your face where you like said, "Mm," but you (laughs) laughed like, (laughs) no. I don't want to give up all the power. Uh, that's I am the progenitor. Oh, goodness gravy. All right, should we get into it? X-Men Unlimited number 50? All right, let's talk about what it. What did I say not but two or three days ago? Yes, you said it's not going to be X-Men Green. They're, They're going to do, do something, something big. Big for 50th. number 50, yes, yeah. Yes, you were correct. And this, is, I mean, again, this is the second year, but they are continuously reinventing how they do these concepts that they came up with, right? Mm-hmm. The Hellfire Gala as a concept and now Secret X-Men as a concept. Mm-hmm. And I think it works absolutely perfectly as a digital comic. And then especially I'm excited to get it as a print comic later on. Yeah, I think this is a good way to keep the story going because this seems like it's going to be more than one issue. Yes. So I think it's a six part. Cool. Do you think we're going to get all six parts like bing, bang, boom? No, no word from X-Men Green until this is over. I would assume so just because six is not a long one mm-hmm. like the other ones that we've had. We've gotten like six arc runs just out. Uh, and I'd assume, especially with the proximity to Hellfire Gala, that they're going to want to keep this relevant. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's yeah, keep hip, it going. it's new, it's fresh, it's now, it's wow. So we're at the gala and... Monet talking business. Monet's talking business and peeps be talking about how they didn't win and, yeah. and you know. We're checking in with everybody. Where are the teens voting? Which I think is, you know, that's a good point. Where are the teens voting? Well, that, like, that which was. Which X-Men are they voting for? That was the narrative of their announcement strip was mm. that they split the youth vote between Bling and Surge. Mm. Poor armor. How is this still happening? Yeah. And, gen- and gentle is just like I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm a traitor. <laughs> and we've got a um. Administer Percy. Yeah. The Typhon Group. I don't like their outfits. They they creep me out a little. Do they give you Hydra vibes? Well, they didn't, but now they do since I read the whole issue. Well, and they are a group founded in 1949 by Hydra as a fount of money and a means of publicly moving capital around. They look like a Swiss ski group. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Which, I mean, that's pretty Hydra. I guess. Once you shall do pizza and then french fry. <laughs> they want... They look like the Beatles. Kind of. <laughs> Especially the backup group. 
The, yeah, the bowl cut squad or something yeah. Monet calls the, them, yeah. which I think is hysterical. But they want Monet's attention and she's not having it. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot happened here. It was just more set up. And then the intrigue of, well, one avalanche looking just like he could join the Typhon group without a helmet mm-hmm. as the bartender shocking the heck out of Monet. Like, who the heck are you? You look distantly familiar. Are you, are you kidding me? We were on the same team that one time. And then Gorgon just losing it at the party. Yeah. And and then being manipulated. Set off Hail Hydra. Let's see what happens. Yeah, bringing up Gorgon of old. What do you think? I thought it was an interesting way to set up what I hope is a fun story. Yeah. I mean, like you said, not much happened because we were really just kind of setting the tone. I did like the back and forth Emma Monet sass moments. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. Is this the same artist that did the maggot story? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Because I don't like the way Emma's drawn again. Hmm. And I don't and and the facial features kind of remind me of that art. You mm. know, speaking of art credits, written by Steve Fox, art by <laughs> Alan Robinson, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters Joseph Bino. VCs Joseph the Bino. Only one repping the digital squad, Joey Sabs. But yeah, I mean I, I thought the story was it was a good setup and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm honestly, I think I'm more interested in just the concept mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. You know I love a good Hydra story. Praise Tarn. Praise Tarn. Ready to talk Gambit? Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. First, let's talk about this cover. The cool layering with the glasses and background. It's good stuff. I love the colors. It's it's popping. Yeah. The row detail on the card. So cute. She's so cute, that I love little it card of row yeah i love everything about this cover i love everything about this issue all right well i'm just gonna gush all episode you know what i wanted to say this yeah gambit this i have a note about i have a note about you do a story that falls between other stories sure this is this is way better than patch absolutely in my personal opinion absolutely because it's it's more developed it's more involved as a story, right? And I'll say what I was going to say at the end now. Mm-hmm. The story here is Gambit and Ro. Mm-hmm. And each issue is an adventure with them, developing that story. Mm-hmm. And that is why I feel like it's successful in individual chunks. Like this felt like a complete mission or adventure. Yeah. But then teases you for the next one but whereas- even this building of these characters like within this one issue we met new characters and i felt like i actually got to know them and there was a plot development while also having cool action sequences sure sure so that's what i'm gonna say let's dig in we agree all right page turn noise we got a title page. Kind of. With Gambit. Your no t- title page with no title because it's on the next page. Because it's on the next page. Itty Bitty Lies. Written by Chris Claremont. Art by Sid Gotan. Color art, Espen Gruntajern. Letters, Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Clayton actually posted this the other day on Instagram. And I just, I loved 
the stylization of the gambit and row because mm, i feel yeah. like you know i i never really know what to say about a letterer's work and mm-hmm. and i feel like is a disservice to the amount of work that they do especially in like even looking at that second page the remy call out mm-hmm. some of the onomatopoeia of the car screeching and yeah. the, the crashing that you get later on like that that's really detailed and especially you know you look at x-force later on with the specific stylization for deadpool mm-hmm. I'm we just don't talk it. about it enough we don't talk yeah. about it enough and i'm saying it you said it good good one we're thrown right in with this place setting immediately i love the issue and i keep on keep on saying it. i'm gonna keep on saying it is it is this your favorite issue of the I, week it just might be oh, if snap. i didn't even when i gave you the order x-men was still at the top right it was still, I mean, like I loved the X-Men issue just because mm-hmm. of multiple reasons that we'll get into. It was a really into. great issue. Right. But this, this brings up so much of what I've loved about Chris Claremont's work mm-hmm. in a fresh, fun, and new way. And and like, I never like to speak ill about the, the great writers and, and creators, mm-hmm. but his work as of recently has not been anywhere near this level. Mm-hmm. Every time that he comes back to the X-Men, it feels like I, I, I buy it because I have to. Right. And I don't necessarily enjoy it. Here, I am absolutely loving this. Yeah, this is so good. This is so fun. We're digging right in. The sweeping. Epic, epic car crash. Yeah, the sweeping landscapes. You know what I didn't notice until a couple pages later? What? This yellow truck is the woman who saves Roe. Yes. I didn't realize that. That's how she's there. Right. I just thought she was and there. And that's why these two are fighting. Right, right, No, no. I, it all makes sense. I get it. I was just <laughs> swept up in it. Oh, swept up. Well, they crash into the water. It's nuts. No airbags. Yeah. Okay, dangerous. Old car. Rose smashing her head into the windshield. The blood everywhere passed out underwater. It's just, it, it's, you're immediately thrown into this action. Mm-hmm. The quick thinking to blast her free from the cards. Imagine trying to do that underwater. Yeah. And then the fear. I love Gambit's characterization in this because of how much he cares about. Yes. Yes. It just feels like it's such a paternal big brother. It's very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And it it rings true to how their relationship had started. And and just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to you mean my little thief. (laughs) My little pal. As this random woman who never gets named in the issue. No, and I got to tell you, I kept thinking at the beginning that she was the bounty hunter. Oh, yeah, me too. From the last issue, like in disguise. Right. And I was like, "Mm, I don't trust this. What's going on? It was just feeling spicy in my stomach all day as I was reading it. But she seems like she's okay. And her... No, I mean... I mean, she's not... She's not dead. She's not this oh, okay. girl. Oh, I gotcha. This unnamed girl. She seems safe. And, and she her takes mom them, is a doctor. And she takes him back as we're thrown into the mental dreamscape. Working with grandma to fight the bad guys. So are these powers that Storm has somehow genetic or seems like grandma's some kind of weather witch as well. Grandma does have some sorceress abilities. Mm. She's an Egyptian sorceress and servant of the goddess Ma'at. Cool. And she has been previously introduced in comics. This is what I've got to say. 
I love this art, but I do feel as though in, I don't know if it's just in this journey of, of this dream or what's happening, but Ro is definitely aged up visually. Like she looks more like a teenager in these images in her little dreamscape than someone an asked, 11 year old. Someone asked a question about that if she was aging in the dreamscape and, and maybe that's just how she's perceiving herself. Mm. Maybe that's her subconscious because she is an adult woman. Right. And it's her subconscious breaking through in this dream environment. Right. But she definitely looks older, I will say. And you know who looks older because of the experience? Gambit. <laughs> Look at him, puppy dog eyes at the bedside. Just waiting. The doctor has faith. She's going to be okay, so it's time to go for a swim. Yeah, recover the lost treasure. Let's go in our sexy bathing suits and go diving for treasure. Yeah, as this snake, Salars, Look at that up. pinstripe suit. I hate him. Look at that pink tie. I hate him, and I love Gambit for serving it back to him. Mm-hmm. Is that a threat? Perish the thought. <laughs> Gambit is hysterical. <laughs> He's a southern gentleman. I love him. It's interesting because of the time frame that we're in. Mm-hmm. Mutants are not as widely known, yes. right? So when someone does something like this, it's like, wait, whoa, how are you doing that? Yeah, was that some kind of magic trick? Right. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, magic. As we get a dive into the history of what's happening between these two parties, this family and this company. Classic struggle of a company trying to uproot a family so they can take their stuff. Yeah. I don't want it. Not happening. I'm rooting for the family. Me too. Mental fights with grandma. Keeping it up. Near death doesn't mean rest. Mm-mm. Yeah, I love this art, though. Yeah. This last image, too, as she's like... Yeah, this lightning bolt on the side of her head. Like, I'm here for it. Harry Potter vibes. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what it is, and you know it. It's not it actually is. why I like it. I just... It's very... Uh, I don't know. It's real badass. Into the city. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. The Romance. sexual tension on yeah. these pages. Romance with a side order of River City history. <laughs> and then danger. Saving her... Just in the nick of time. No, we'll kiss later, right? Oh, you can count on that. Oh, they better. The casual throw of the card as he explodes those guys. I love it. I love this action yeah. sequence. This this has everything. Yeah, the art in this issue is amazing. I love it. And the colors and the layouts. I don't know who this guy is that throws the car. Mm. It does not strike me immediately as someone I should know. Well, he's very strong. And he has a lot of pouches, so we know. And he also has X's on him, which is kind of throwing me off. Yeah, I didn't know if he was like a crossbones wannabe of sorts, but... I'm sure we'll find out eventually. Maybe. Somebody just threw my car. What's happening? My car has exploded. What's happening is my grandma time is being interrupted. Imagine waking up after mentally fighting your grandma and everything is on fire. Like, what? What are these comics? They're yeah. so crazy. They are so crazy. Everything's on fire. Ro saving the day with this unconscious use of her powers, I'm assuming. The crack a boom. Yeah. But she doesn't think it's her. Right, no. She thinks it was her grandma. Because she doesn't have conscious use of it. Right. As they save themselves from the fire, but are quickly found by Solara's men. Mm-hmm. Let's uh 
Not be too hasty here, people. Gambit and your little lady. You sly dog. You're like, okay, let's jump in this water. Let's make out real quick. Everyone's fine. I assume they're alive. We're good. But we should probably go save them. Yeah, and now it makes it more fun because we got powers. Mm Mm-hmm. Next issue, Remy's ruse, a very different gambit. What does it mean? Big picture. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. The art was great. There was comedy in it. There was great action. The story kept moving. You know, I'm invested in what's going on. And if you look at this preview image, the uh, Lay Day seems to be wearing some of Remy's superhero outfit. Right, right. So intrigued as to what that could mean and what's coming next for and, them. And look at how aged up Storm yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In in the part of the story that happens after this, has she, like in actual continuity, has she aged up already? Or No, she stays like this and then she turns back to normal. Mm. Interesting. I don't know if you could hear it, but I loved this issue. Oh, you did? As I was reading this, I couldn't help but think of the Wolverine patch arc and mm-hmm. how this series anchor was the relationship between Remy and Roe and just all of the things that we were talking about previously. But I'm definitely looking forward to more. Yeah, I really enjoy this this a lot. I would say it's not often that I have been really deeply invested in a non-Krakoan book. Right. And this, for me, I love it. I really, really love it. Good. I look forward to it coming out. Gray Malkin Lane, Chad is here for the deep cut of Storm's grandmother. Fun to see her back. I thought that was so cool. And Mm -hmm. especially as like a spirit form in her mind. Yeah. So she first appeared in New Mutants, like the classic New Mutants. Cool. And is mistaken to be Storm. Ah. By Magic and Danny. Oh, interesting. Decaying Pumpkin 13. Not a question, just facts. Gambit hot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Mean, agreed. We all agree. <laughs> Nobody is denying that. Eric Huffman is wondering if Roe was starting to return to her older self in the coma. Fun retro story for Gambit. Mm. As we were talking about, Eric, I, I look like she was. Visually, she really does mature. And she's finding the, the sense of self that she has once lost. Mm. X Force? Is it time? It is time. All right, let's talk about that cover. Craven on the hunt for X. Wearing a beast coat. Wearing a beast coat with a Deadpool head on a spike. Joshua Kassara, loving that detail. I know, it's so beautiful, honestly. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm here for Craven coming after Beast. Mm-hmm. I love the cover, especially, especially after this issue. Yeah, after I'm the issue. Done yeah, with Beast. Bye, Beast. Tear him apart, Craven. But I, but I also, I just, I want to say it again. Ben, are you all right? This whole skinning people and wearing their bodies, I'm concerned a little bit. You should not be concerned. That is a very classic, like, hunter thing to do. Yeah, but is it a more thing to do, too? Okay, but you need to let that go. I will never never let that go. She didn't skin Mary Jane and wear her. She, 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 like, put a necklace on her. She she wanted to, but Stasis and Phalong were like, what? But, but. Huh? Who did we just? She did it. Who did we just team up with? Okay, but this is a di- this is completely different than that. So you need to like take a couple deep breaths, try to release yourself from that trauma, 
Don't bring it into the sex force issue. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Page turn noise. Nature versus unnatural. Right out the gate. Getting that confirmation of cloning. Yeah. Warlion's happy. Yes. I, I do love these epic panels here. Yes. Right? I have continuously called out Robert Gill's talent with nature. Yeah. And it, it first it was just water. And now it's these sweeping landscapes in yeah. the, the frozen Arctic. It's really beautiful. And, even, and the colors, too. Yeah. And even on the next page, it, the craven monologues. Mm-hmm. Like th- this desire to seek those human ways out through the hunt, the things that he is denied because he is a clone, this lack of yearning for human instinct, the things that he does not identify with mm-hmm. that are a base want and desire in people. Mm. And it also really made me think about does that sort of feeling ever affect any of the mutants on Krakoa the number of times they're resurrected? Like, how distant from their self do they feel when they're not in their original body anymore? I mean, that's a that's a great concept to, I hope, further explore as we get deeper into the Krakoan era mm-hmm. because of the fact that, you know, Nightcrawler kind of questioned a little bit. is like, what are souls now? Right. But we never followed that up and we were like, now nah, we're cops. <laughs> right. But there's also like this whole idea about muscle memory and sure. like Especially other with kind of like physical triggers in your body, like with with sound and, and with smells and things like that, that if it's not it's just a replication of your body, do those things, you know. Do they stay with you? And then also, you know, it's like sometimes people have connections to physical markings that they gain throughout their life, like scars or things like that. Hmm. So if their body and and what Craven is talking about, this idea that he didn't go through this particular process to grow to who he is. He just was. Yeah, this is this is how I was born. Yeah, it's interesting. And now I'm naked in front of a space god. See me, space god. See all of me. Just look at the angle of the progenitor's head. He's like, I'm, I'm seeing you, Craven. I'm seeing you. You uh, are the alpha, I'm assuming. Man. All right. Title page. Head hunter. The Hunt for X Part 2, Anatomy of a Killer. Woo-hoo. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Robert Gill. Colors by Guru EFX. Letters, Joe Caramanga. VCs, Joe Caramanga. Onto the beach. His black Tom is freaking out. Incoming. No, not the known kind that we are all aware of. There's just another thing, kind of like this giant ship sort of bailing towards us. Yeah. And that's not what Beast wanted. No. That's not what I recruited you for. We wanted a PR distraction, not some silly mutant lives saved. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that really irked me, Immediately the worst. Immediately, because I get it. The purpose was a PR thing. Like, that's what it was for. But to say it in a sense of, like, we don't really give a crap about these people's lives. Like, you should still give a crap about the people. No. That you are saving. He, he does not it's see people as people. He sees them as like resources for yeah. the empire. He is the Krakoan Mother Russia. You know, he is mm. the the mutant nation state he perspective. Is terrible. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Mega Red comes on, he's like, Yeah, I got a hostage for funsies. I need a minute. I do like 
you know, him him being like, I just I did a lot. I yeah. just need a second for myself. I just need to have some fun. Honestly, it, it gave me this vibe of like, please, kids, dad's tired. Just let me have this drink and then we can play. I need to go play with my food for a moment. Yes. Yeah. I need to go murder this guy in unforeseen ways. And but first get evaluated by the literal devil of Krakoa. <laughs> I think it's absolutely ridiculous how upset he is. He's so upset because he's a terrible, terrible man. Calm down on the ego, Captain. Nobody wants more beasts. Yeah. 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 I was like, ew, beast. Ew. Maybe I'll just clone a bunch of myself and then I'll get it done. Okay, because you're so great. You're not. No. You're not that great. Naked and judgment ready. <laughs> but indifferent and unjudged. He does not actually get his judgment here. He's nope. All sorts of revved up in this voiceover as he's staring down the progenitor. Carving that X into his blood. Ah. Mm-hmm. On to a little vice talk. I'm a little worried about Sage. You should be. I'm not going to lie. No, no, that's definitely an appropriate response. Like, I'm here for Sage. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, I'm here for you, Sage. But yeah, it's an aggressive amount of drinking. Yeah. That's and, happening. And just like this wildly carefree, like, murder, ridiculous murder. We need it. Yeah. Here, here's this room where you can do things that are unspeakable because you need to get the unspeakable out of you so you can be on our team which in a sense is cool like right, she's, right. process she's your trauma to help him yeah, so that work through it he can be on the path that he wants to be on but still you know manage his feelings but at the same time she's like here you're in this room and i'm yeah i can't actually see what you're doing but i'm just gonna drink it away so it's fine right so it's fine you know i'll just i'll kill myself and resurrect myself with all the memories it's cool yeah, yeah. it's cool guy it's like, mm, I'm a little concerned for you. As he pulls out this pocket full of treats in his chest cavity of a little I fingers and toe and, and Yeah, I don't know what that teeth. is. I love I'm like beginning to love Omega Red. In this light, yeah. Like it's I just, like his personality that's forming. Yeah. Well, and especially just being able to be who he is right. and not damned for it right and not just like ju i feel as though as a villain you know it was just like mission straightforward kill be angry at people probably wasn't given much opportunity for dialogue of this kind before no. right so like and the just the body language of him being like um are you going to see what I'm doing? I I'm, was a bad dog I'm today. I'm going to do some unspeakable stuff in here. Like, like definitely don't let Beast watch. <laughs> On to the cabin trophy. Oh, my goodness. The I art. love this whole sequence. Yeah, it's the color, the art. It's just popping. It's really cinematic, this layout and this sequence and the way that you can see the Deadpool parts like slowly sneaking just, together just and the those ridiculousness. subtle details. Yeah. Uh, the, the hand gag. It's I so weird it. and so Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I just, there's something so funny about no body and just a hand with a head on it <laughs> running. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Adam's family. Yes. And just this, again, Ben Percy was meant to write Craven monologues. Mm-hmm. This... 
depth of identity with his weapons and how that brings so many different facets to the kill and the ways that he prepares for it. This spec street, this spec sheet that he has on Beast and mm-hmm. the island. Yes. I'm here. I'm cheering for Craven. Yeah. He's doing his homework. He's doing his research. I didn't I didn't need the booger gag. I'm no, sorry. No, I don't get it either. He, he picks his nose and he eats it. But then and then he undoes the oh the nail. That's, yeah, that's gross, yucky. But the rest of it, I'm here for. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's great. The, this head on a hand is fantastic. It's so good. And even just as he's like Craven's, like yeah, put yourself back together so I can yeah. kill you. Yeah, let's do this. I'm here for it. And then he gets tripped by the leg. That's <laughs> that's a good one. On to my favorite spot, the Green Lagoon. Here we are. We're professionals. I'm above drinking even because I'm always working, Mr. Important. The only thing that I admire about Beast in this moment is him calling Sage out and being like, are you like you drinking too much? Yes, sure. It's it's like a and it's not as a friend. It's no. as a professional. Right. It's not like uh, you need to be able to do your job. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm concerned about you and your right, health. Right. And that's disappointing because he should come at it as partners. A little bit more human. Because he doesn't see them as partners either. No, he doesn't see anyone as everyone. His equal. Everyone reports to him. Mm-hmm. Even the council should. Mm-hmm. Your refugees. Right. Amnesty is amnesty, you jerk. Right. And. And what is this like, oh, yeah, amnesty was the thing when we first started, but we really need to rethink that now. Well, you know, changing times, we need to protect our nation and our secrets. Get out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye, Hank. Sage trying to reach him and see if there's any humanity left. And there's There's just none. There's none. Like, you can't see the whole world through the scarred eye. There's nothing. It's not good. He just walks away. It's. I love it because it's. It's the classic thing of this X Force run where there's no. There's shades of right and wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Beast is one hundred percent wrong, but he justifies himself in it mm-hmm. in the safety of the nation, the protection of the nation. Sage is more of a human element, but again, is kind of in the wrong in how she's treating herself, right? And and how. That's going to unravel further and cause even more problems. Right. And I think that's it's a really interesting thing that Ben Percy has been writing this book for so long. Sure. And getting to really develop these characters that the situation that Sage has been put in with her relationship, like her working relationship with Beast and how far gone he is and how wrong she knows he is, but how little power she has in the situation. The fact that she's resorted to sort of numbing herself to deal with this thing. Sure. She, it's, yeah. It makes sense for her character arc. I feel it for you, girl. It is definitely concerning, but you can understand why with all of that she's dealing with and constantly being belittled and constantly feeling like she has nothing that she can control that she's chosen to just sort of give up in a way. Right. Yeah. I, and honestly, that's not what I want for her. I want her to be pushed to go to the council. Yes, me too. Or I want Beast to die. And right. then her to be like, hold up, before we before do that. Before we resurrect Before we put him, the monster back in his cage. Right. 
It is my understanding, beasts, that you're upset about the Russian refugees who arrived recently on our shores. I advise you to keep this position to yourself. Know that if you were to take action against them, say, if any are deported or happen to go missing, you should expect a most unwelcome visit from me, Colossus. That's right. I love that. Yeah. It was like a, do not mess with my people, beast. Yeah. Because that, like, that was Colossus's mission at the beginning. Mm-hmm. X-Force number one, he's rescued on the Marauder from being boots on the ground in Russia. Yeah. And, and having that deep physical trauma to himself. Mm-hmm. That dangling Deadpool. <laughs> Tell me of Krakoa. Oh, Tell my me. God. Tell me everything you know. The sand is sandy. The water is wet. The trees have eyeballs. The drinks are free. Everyone is boning everybody. He's doing a great job of not really giving in any information until he says, it took me a year to get the keys. And it's like, oh, you can get on Krakoa. Well, then I'm taking but, you with but me. But even that his, he's not very specific in what he says. Like he, he has the keys to the kingdom. And that's it. It doesn't say like what he, he is keyed with the genome that allows him to walk mm. through the gate. Okay, Craven definitely jumped a few steps quickly yes, to be true. able to get there, and then was like, "All right, well then I'm going to." Like, I can only imagine. I mean, the thing is, though, it's it seems pretty well known, right? That you either have to be a mutant or, or have some other ability to pass through sure. the gate. So. The key is essentially the mutant gene. And if you have the keys, then that means you have the ability to and walk again, through a again, again, the, the question on everyone's mind, what's up with Kate? Mm, yeah. Why can she not? But I could just imagine this as like a buddy cop drama or <laughs> just like a hunt through the wilderness as Deadpool's animated decapitated head mm-hmm. is conversing with Craven and Well, their personalities are very similar to Wolverine and Deadpool's relationship. So... There's that dynamic. Now to get that fur coat. Oh my gosh. And then this issue ended and I was like, wait, no. Yeah. We're already at the last page. Hunting grounds. <sighs> Dang it. Coming up next. What'd you think? I, I loved it. Yeah. This was one of my favorite issues because it made me feel so many things. Like I was upset and like wanted to punch Beast in the face. But I was laughing at Deadpool. I'm intrigued by what's going on with Craven. I think that, you know, it did a good job of I, I'm liking these dual stories going on at the same time. And I just I really like Ben Percy. I really like X Force. Yeah. It's always been a book that I've enjoyed for the most part. For the so most part, yeah. I I I'm liking seeing characters in a different light like i'm liking seeing these characters start to be broken down like some of them like sage for example are really starting to hit rock bottom and then once they hit that bottom then we get to see them what happens after that do they come back up like how does it go from there and it's an interesting dynamic in comparison to what's happening in so many other books like so many other books are action driven sure and this one is still so interesting and engaging while being very plot driven. Right. As much as I loved and enjoyed X-Men, it's very surface level on the inner character workings, mm-hmm. right? And my one criticism is that except for Sage and what you bring up because she has been mostly sidelined otherwise, mm-hmm. we're not really 
changing much with our characters. We're just kind of becoming more these characters, right? Mm -hmm. Beast is just a worse and worse guy. Yeah. Right? How much worse can he get? Can he go lower? You bet. I'm sure he can. Sure. But Warlion brings up a point later on about all the open plot threads. Like, Mm -hmm. where's the damn Peacock Man? Right. You know? And we talked about that with Ben when we interviewed him. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, you're going to find out who that is first. You're going to get the Peacock Man's face and it's going to be... Yeah. Well, where is it? Where is it? Well, you know, he probably has to put a bunch of stuff on hold because of Judgment Day, too. Yeah, which is like, again, except for Naked and Afraid in the Wilderness. Yes, right. Oh. At least, at least. It is listed as a Judgment Day issue. At least the progenitor is in it or there's some connection. Yeah, there was that. I mean, both of these, X-Force and X-Men, are like light judgment day tie-ins which I, I i loved love it. right yeah absolutely that's what i need because if it was all judgment day all, all the in time, my face like, absolutely that would be too much judgment day no it, g- it gives it the opportunity to breathe the first one i was like wait what how is this mm-hmm. but this one I'm, I'm all for it because it, it at least ties in with something of craven yeah I, mm-hmm. I really like this issue a lot of good character work it feels like a really solid middle issue in the arc as mm-hmm. we deal with what happened before and set up what's about to happen on multiple fronts, too. Like, I'm so over Beast. I'm rooting for Craven. I've said it a couple yes. times. Yes. And I'm also rooting for Sage to step up and speak to the council to do something about what's going on with Beast, to team up with Omega Red and take down Beast. Mm-hmm. We need a trial of Hank McCoy on Krakoa. There, you know, it was it was a good point that Sage Sage brought up, you know, I'm not, am, am I really the one who's changed? I'm not the only one that thinks you're the one who's changed. Right, right, right. You know, because so many people I miss in the, the beginning blue, the would be like, yeah, beast. I miss be- the old beast. And, and so it's good that it's it, it's being acknowledged in story. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to point out, which I really am thankful for that they've done in both this issue and in X-Men is that on the title page, they're letting you know where in the Judgment Day timeline this falls. And as a person who's obsessed with timelines. Yeah. And I feel like that's really especially that. to get ahead of Legion of X, which mm-hmm. will happen before a mm-hmm. decent number of these. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And it wasn't happening in the other issues, but yeah. it's like, hey, we, we should probably tell people. We should probably let you know where that's supposed to fall. Andrew Heiting don't is loving how Ben Percy writes Deadpool and how it's hitting the Deadpool characterizations. He's hoping for Percy to write a lot of Deadpool for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's such an awesome contributor in the X-Men writing team right now. I completely agree. I really do like his perspective. I really do like what he brings in. And, and the fact that, yes, you could knock him for the never-ending plots. But at the same time, the amount of threats that he has built in the background mm-hmm. with the legacy house, with... Zeno, like Mm -hmm. with Russia, like these are big. I feel like if if you were to take X Force and read just X Force from whatever issue one to issue thirty one, the plots wouldn't feel as far spread out. But because it's been over such a long period of time. Like, I think once they do come together, they're really going to come together. Sure, it's going to be everything at once. Yeah, and I feel like that is going to feel like a really great payoff when it happens. So even though it's frustrating to me to be like, where is this character? Where is this thing? I'm not 
I'm not as worried about it with this story and with this writer because I know from talking to him how conscious he is of his world building. Well, and also he has his ending in mind. And I feel like that's right. why a lot is almost left on pause because mm-hmm. it's going to contribute to this larger right. finale. It's all going to come together and it's going to be worth the wait. At least that's what I'm feeling and hoping. And and as long as you just have fun along the way, mm-hmm. right? Warlion loves how Deadpool describes Krakoa, and I'm here for it as well. And, you know, that, that same point about that we've been talking about, 65 plus issues between this and Wolverine and mm-hmm. Lives and Deaths, and just a lot of plots still kind of furthered, built on, but not resolved. Mm-hmm. Grey Malkin Lane, Chad is calling out Beast for his callousness with the refugees. F that guy. That's right, Chad. Brilliant. F that guy. Brilliant Benjamin Percy. Yeah. And I agree. Like oh, this yeah. to make me hate a character but be absolutely interested in them and to have them justify themselves in narrative. Yeah. It's a great character story. It's really as, wonderful. As much as I hate Beast and what's going on with him because I love 90s bouncing blue beast. Like I love to hate him though. I love to hate him because I'm also a big fan of Dark Beast. Mm-hmm. And this is Grey Beast or <laughs> I, I don't know. The Pikachu wants to know who's going to get sick of Beast's bull first? Sage, Logan or someone else? Me. It me. I'm yeah. sick of it. I don't think it's Logan. I think he's too far removed from he... I don't think he spends enough time like at meetings or like in the juiciness of like the X-Force hub. I think he like kind of pops in, gets his mission and goes and is is more like a beast, whatever. But he's also dealing with Quentin. Right. So I think it will be Sage. I hope it's going to be Sage and I think it's going to be influenced by Omega Red. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be them forming a connection because of this understanding of each other mm-hmm. and knowing the dark parts of themselves and recognizing how Beast is not positively contributing to the conversation. I would really love to see Omega Red be the one that pulls Sage out like away from the alcohol, like gives her a purpose, makes her feel valued and seen as like a partner yeah. and and sort of takes her out of that and that's how she then can step up to take down beast talia 1026 wants to talk beast as well with the story gradually pushing him towards downfall how do we think slash would we like it to happen a mutiny organized by sage would anyone stay loyal to mccoy beast steps out of line and the council turns on him etc how do you want the downfall of Hank McCoy? I would love a mutiny of X-Force as a whole, like bringing Beast to the council or going to the council and just like, oh, like, because I don't, I don't think they can just stop listening to Beast or just physically take him down because of the way that Xavier has backed him. Sure. So I think they need there needs to be that from Xavier for Beast to actually do something or, you know, like understand it. Yeah. To answer the question of do I think anybody on the team would stay loyal to Hank? No. No. I don't think I so. feel like Deadpool might jokingly and maybe Black Tom, but even Black Tom is there for the betterment of Krakoa and yeah. for the safety of Krakoa. I think it's going to be Emma coming in Mm. and especially if they go sage knows that emma knows Mm -hmm. 
right? They've been in conversation since that first Hellfire Gala. Yes, let's get it, Emma. Let's go. Absolutely. And I feel like, especially with her desire to stand up against something that Charles is letting go, Mm -hmm. this fits the bill for Emma's character to want to double down. Yeah, you're so right. Curls has confusion. Is Craven under the impression that the new god gave him this mission? Mm. No, I feel like he wants to prove himself. Like this is how he thinks he's going to be judged. If he can do this thing, if he can prove that he is the apex predator, he will be judged according to that. I like that, yeah. But I don't think I don't think he thinks that God wants him to do it. I think this is how he thinks he shows the God who he really is. He would have been naked in the woods anyway, mm-hmm. killing whatever animal was there and wearing it. Yeah. Eric Huffman thinks it's great to see the new dog messing up beast shenanigans and others starting to see his crap, i.e. Colossus. He hopes Mm -hmm. we get more on the Russian storyline soon in X-Force. I want to blow it up in the blue face. Yeah, let's go. He sent me the image of Deadpool assembling himself, and Mm -hmm. we both agree that it's hilarious. It is indeed hilarious. On to Knights of X. All right, we'll talk about it. Knights of X. You, You didn't like it? You sound, I, you sound like we're talking about Marauders right now. Like, no, please don't bring up Marauders. There's no Marauders in this episode. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. I was really enjoying the issue. And then I felt like all of a sudden it was like the last third of the issue or so was like, we're done. Well, we just got to wrap, 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 wrap this up. Yeah. And I was a little bit confused about... The situation with Gambit, it seemed too easy for him to suddenly be how he was. Like, it just felt like it was building and I was really liking it. And I was excited about this journey they were going on in this, like, Gambit castle mindscape. And then all of a sudden Rogue was there and it was over. And the gate was open. And when did that happen? And, like, it just felt... Like, it was, I don't know, it, it kind of felt like someone took us took a few pages out of the middle or something. It was definitely a rushed ending. I felt like it could have had additional story to mm-hmm. honestly, the fact that that one spread of battle was all we got of the battle. Right. And and I say that having really loved issues one through four mm-hmm. and I and like really enjoying this as a whole story. I really did. Yeah, me too. That I felt shorted in the ending. Yeah. Like I would have liked I, I think, you know maybe Teeny just had too much story to tell. Like we were talking about it, you know, in in like issue three or something. We were like, well, there's only two more issues. How are we going to get all these answers? How are we going to wrap this up? And right, the the individual quests were very glossed over. I I just I really liked it. And it it wasn't that I didn't like how it ended or the arc of the story. It just literally felt like someone ripped like four pages out of the middle of the comic and i was like wait what how did i get here yeah and that was disappointing to me so it made me not like the issue as much yeah because of how wonderful all of the story details were and how how invested i was in each of the characters it was that i wanted more but not because it didn't give me a good ending but because i was really enjoying it yeah so anyway Cover. Do we even need to talk about it? Yes, of course we need to talk about it. Cover. Royalty all around in this image. Hail Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this cover a lot. I think it's a very powerful 
image and it really gives you a good sense of where Betsy ends up at the end of this. Mm. Is it my favorite to represent the story as a whole? No, because none of the other characters are represented here, really. Yeah, but I mean, that's not its goal. It's Right. But it's all about Betsy. So let's get in. Page turn noise. Speaking about all that story that's happening or happened, recapped the situation. Merlin, Saturnine and Roma, King Arthur, Captain Britain, her knights, and the Siege Perilous. We're all here. We're all here. We're all ready. Perfectly getting us ready for a title page. Impenetrable. Part five, Fort Krakoa. Written by Teeny Howard. Art by Bob Quinn. Colors, Eric Arseniega. Letters, Ariana Maher. VCs, Ariana Maher. I, I got to tell you on this page, I don't often actually look at the cast of who's in the book. Like I just go on from the title page, read the title, read the summary, move on. But I was actively like, is Gambit listed? Is Gambit listed? Is Gambit he listed? He is. And he is. Mr. M, kind of like a older Backstreet Boy. <laughs> Look at him, though. He's got style. It's his kingdom. He can wear whatever he wants. This is my Mercator. Madam Manipulator Extraordinaire. An older Backstreet Boy. He's in the house, and he's made the house. <laughs> it's the Siege Perilous. It's all around. You feel it. Mordred. <laughs> you destroyed the Siege Perilous? I protected it. Yeah. Papa he told me, me so. Too. On to the quests and sacrifices. We need all 10 knights even after you've made your sacrifice with your team, right? And it's, uh, we got to reforge the Siege Perilous into a gate and we can't with all this crazy magic. I, I don't think I fully understood either. Like the mention of them all being under a spell of Roma's. Like I didn't know that was happening to them. The spell is the obligation of the quest that they have accepted, mm. right? It's It's a spell, but it's loose spell because it's like a magical pact mm, understood okay the death cards impact and change as we see our team rounded up in mercator yeah he's in there that giant castle of cards that so, giant house of cards that's so beautiful. probably gambit i love it yeah shout out to the art team uh, uh, all week all week the yeah. art teams yeah the art I've always liked the art in this. this Bob Quinn arc. kills it. I yeah. love Bob Quinn's art, especially in what? Way of X? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that gorgeous, gorgeous rogue statue. Oh, before that, Shogo speaks. Honestly, oh. this is the first time we've gotten dialogue from Shogo. Mm-hmm. Mental dialogue. I just want to help my mutant friends, Aunt Betsy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But yes, tell me about that rogue. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, and I love the way that. Bay yeah. is like, yes, of course, we're here. We're in Gambit's heart because that is his love. And if we were in my heart, I got, that would be Doug. I got one of these for Doug in my in my brain, too. In my castle of murder. All lit up with light and love. Yeah, I like that moment a lot. And also, though, like, why is this random pool where Arthur happens to be inside Gambit's heart? Because Mordred has not solved his quest. So it's, it just it's appears appearing because as a requirement of the magic. He must. He manifested that there. And that's why when Arthur kind of pulls him in and everybody else pulls him back, he's like, no, I need this. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to go home if I don't finish if it. I don't, do I don't this. face my father. 
Everybody else faced their demons. Mm-hmm. I have to fight my dad. I got to do it. Glorp. <laughs> Love this Hall of Gambit statues. I do too. Representations of the different timelines and who he could be. Trying to make sense of himself when he gets resurrected. Yes, I loved that. But I also just want to call out how much I love this image of Betsy just throwing her arms up in the air because she's just so frustrated by the idea of Mordred and like who he is and what his powers are. And she's just like, his powers is to literally make you upset. And and it's just, I don't know, it feels like a very like, ack. Yeah. Moment. Kathy. It's it's such, it's so well (laughs) drawn. Like, I feel her frustration. I love that image so much. Yeah. Chrono skimming the statues, Ascani, to see the potential timelines. I am so ready for all that Rachel is going to be and all that she is going to do. Rachel is. This is so cool. Yeah. No, Rachel has always been in my top list. Uh, and I feel like this book has helped to bring her more to a focus. I, I've always felt like she's been put on a sideline mm. unnecessarily. You know, Jean's great. Yeah. You know, Jean's awesome. But Rachel uh, was pretty Rachel pretty is amazing. so cool. Rachel is so cool. This is so epic what she's doing. And also then planting the seed of this idea that Betsy doesn't need to be, Yeah. you know, in, at the beck and call of the yeah, omniversal yeah, majestics. That there's other ways for her to protect the multiverse yeah. because of Rachel. No, and, and, and just because of her friends, too. And right. like everybody's backing her. They're all like, no, we, we have this. We can do this. Yes. You, can, you can watch the timelines in different ways. Yeah. It's awesome. And then our gambit is down the hall. Oh, so. yeah. Down the hall to the left. Follow the fire. Let's go to him. But first, let's battle Wrong Slide. And you know, when they're like, don't call him Wrong he Slide. Likes it. Like, no, that's what he wants that's to be his called. Name. That's his identity. He's not Rock Slide. Right. That's no, it, not who he is. It brings up a couple of interesting conversation points in the questions that we'll talk about. But mm. I, I do love this as a personification of Gambit's fear mm. and the fact that he. He's deathly afraid of coming back as this person that no one knows and recognizes. And people are like, wait, wait, that's not that's not my gambit. <laughs> yeah, this whole this whole house, this whole venture that they're on inside here and all the different like representations of of Gambit's selves and Gambit's feelings and Gambit's fears. And I loved this. And this is where I was like. I was so invested and then I felt like I got slapped in the face when it stopped, when it was like, nope, this is done. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I haven't finished this journey yet. After a battle, then we're done. Yeah. And you know, it makes a really good point. Like we can't knock this house of cards down. Right. Because then we'll lose him. Then we'll lose him. Oh, he fell down. Oh, Gambit. That was perfectly timed. Then we'll lose him. And then not a not so happy version of gambit starts to attack our team oh not so happy this is like dark elves in dungeons and dragons this is the the evil version that you never knew you needed mm. to have let me change you all with my gift of death yeah as betsy takes a stand no i have fought for you i know you too well i will stab you in the brain with my psychic sword yeah be your true self, Gambit. Be free. This fire engulfing him mentally 
and, mm. and to have Shiro there as a connection point to a time in the past. And this is an editor's note that I can really appreciate. Well, especially it doesn't just say, go read, read, this, issue. read this issue. It says, when Sunfire freed Gambit from his role as the Horseman of Death. Yeah. That's all I needed all to know. Yeah. That was a perfect amount of information. Yeah. Great editor's note. That was great. That was spot on. Because at first I was like, wait, why is Sunfire here? Why is Sunfire here? here? Did he and actually then, do that? Is he looking for Red Root? Boom. He... The exact amount of information I needed. But then, some sugar. That's not real. Is that real? Yeah. And that's, this is where, so Mr. M was just opening the Siege Perilous, even though he was like, y'all got to go do this thing, but I'm still going to just open it anyway. This is where I felt like, wait, what? Well, uh, I don't have a problem with that. This, so... Mr. M was at the ready to do the thing once the pieces were aligned. The Got piece it. that was missing is that the last knight was not a part of the team. Gambit. Gambit. And I would also say that Mordred confronting his challenge mm-hmm. still needed to happen. But once those things happened, he was like, all right, cool. I want it this way. Oh, Jesus. This, you, were you just waiting to say that? Or no, that, that was off the cuff. That was off the cuff. That was good. That was, uh, that was for you. Thanks. The first of many. I, I do love this image as I much as... I spent so much time looking yeah, at this. For sure. Like, first of all, let's talk about Legion for a second. Because he seems very important. Like, he's all over the place. He is whenever there's, Whenever there's like a an opportunity for other X-Men to come up in another... In a book outside of theirs recently, Legion is there. Sure. And then we got all the Wolverines. Yeah. I was, Gabby. I was like, ooh, Gabby. And then I was like, oh, and Logan. And Laura. And ooh. Akiro. All, all of them are here. We're Juggernaut. All here. Juggernaut's here. Brian. Yep. This is like you got the full first year of X-Men. Mm-hmm. Who else was I excited to see on this Kanan. page? Nightcrawler. Always excited to see oh, Nightcrawler. Oh, Sink and Cyclops doing their side-by-side I-beam situation. Learning from my new friend, Sunfire. Of course, Gene Polaris is there. It's a stacked lineup. And I just, I wish that at least this had a second spread of, and I, and I get it. You have a limited number of pages mm-hmm. and that might be why, but I would have paid the extra dollar if you made this a 32 issue or a 32 page yeah. issue than a 24, mm-hmm. especially on a, on a number five when you have some space to yeah. go ham. Yes. Because now we're just going to wrap it all up. Now we're on the denouement. I do love the one storybook shaking battle later. Right. No, that's clever. That's fun. Little boop. And we had an epic battle. And now we're all just sitting here chilling, eating a snack. And honestly, I think I let it go a lot easier than I would have otherwise Mm. because of how much epic battle we've had throughout this miniseries. Yeah, that's true. And just because I really did enjoy where things were going towards the end of Excalibur. Yeah. Oh, these these friends. Little family reunite. I love it. I like that the family is reunited. And Betsy and Rachel, my heart. I also like the telepathic communication and just be like, whatever you got to say, just tell me, me. In, inside our brains while you kiss me. Yeah. And it, I love it. As they... Pull a reverse card in Uno, and any psychic can now undo the deaths of Otherworld. <laughs> Great data page. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. Setting up what could be a future adventure or even just an off-panel development that we now know of. Yeah. I'd imagine that this takes place in whatever the third book is of Teeny's arc. Mm-hmm. Betsy, laying down the law to these three. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. You, Saturnine, I've had enough of you. Had enough. Roma, you're the nicest one, but go away. Well, you're just as bad as your dad and... You, Merlin, I'm chopping your head off. You're done. You're done, Merlin. I shall kill you now. You're probably going to resurrect yourself in like 20 minutes, but this is satisfying. (laughs) Yeah, it's what's best for the story. It it is. It's such a storybook end Mm -hmm. to this quest. So great. You got to slay the dragon, and this time the dragon is actually a wizard. (laughs) Onward. I like that Shogo has. Yeah. Has a little mask. He's got a little Captain Britain style Shogo mask. He's so cute. And just everybody on this giant, like, oh, we're going to save the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Captain Britain will return. But first, but a what data about page. Rachel. Rachel will also return. It says on the box, Captain Britain will return. I wasn't. No, I know. Yeah. No. I was talking about them. Why is Rachel not like, I don't know. I feel like, yes, it's going to be a Captain Britain book, but yep. it's also going to be a Captain Britain and Ascani book. Yeah. I don't know. I just think with the focus on the Captain Britain core as right. this and, and Rachel is like her guide through yeah. the multiverse, but the book is likely going to be called Captain Britain. Of course. Because that's what our Krakoan is. At the end, Pete Woods 86 wants to know, what does that Krakoan say? Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that was Krakoan. How happy were you that that was back? I immediately pulled out the cipher that has been saved on my desktop ever since. I haven't been able to translate a a coming title in Except that that Doug poetry that I tried to do and just got lost in because it was so much. There was was so much. much Couldn't do it. That hurt my brain. Too much for your brain. I do want to shout out Fort Krakoa. I think that was really cool. Mm, yeah, Fort Krakoa is awesome. And I I mean, I think just this idea of like we don't need this one person looming over right. all of these territories. They can just be themselves. No, this, like, this definitely changed Otherworld for me because mm-hmm. honestly, I was kind of over Otherworld before this started. But this pulled me back in and I'm excited about what could happen next, especially if we have a little bit of breathing time in between? Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to know immediately that Captain Britain is coming. Yeah. You know, give me, give this me like. This is a great story. Oh, yeah. As a whole, and especially Chad says that later on, he agrees that the ending felt rushed, but when you read all five together, it's a solid and fun adventure, although ending abruptly. And 100% agree. Like, yeah. it's, it just feels like there was too much and not enough runway. He, as. I wanted more Bob Quinn art. Yeah. And I just feel like let the man shine because everything he touches is gold. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. What'd you what you think overall? I I very much enjoyed this arc. I really did enjoy this issue. I think I just you know, going back through it again, I, I feel better about it, but I think I just felt blindsided a little bit when I was reading it that all of a sudden the pacing of the story changed. Like it was very in-depth and then it became a little more like surface level just to get get through the ending. And, and But I do feel like all of the story points were touched upon and, and 
closed off in a way that I feel good about. Yeah. Well, so I'm happy about that. Especially with just how much was started. You know, I, I feel like this mini sells me on the small batch storytelling. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved this arc and really appreciate how it had such a specific purpose and intention. It was like this was 10 Lives of Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You know, this was Teeny's event, even though she co-authored Ten of Swords. Right? Yeah, this was great. A really solid ending, kind of a softer landing than I expected. Yeah. You know, it just, it felt like, again, the rushedness. We didn't get to really explore all the things mm-hmm. that I would have liked. It could have had a little bit more breathing room, like six more pages. Yeah. You know? What was, so uh, the other night when we were recording our Patreon episode, you had said that uh, Blonde China had mentioned to you some spoilery pages that made you feel scared for Gambit. What were those pages? It was the preview, and it was actually the image where she's got her hands thrown up in the air, and you see the statue in the background, mm. um, and there was the the spade on the window, and a uh-huh. lot of people were connecting Gambit and Sinister, and like the spade Sinister versus the club sp- Sinister oh, and Diamond Sinister. Claremont's initial intention was that Gambit was a creation of Sinister and would oh, eventually yeah, you be told me. Was, a He was a Summers brother. Right, right. But actually a creation of Sinister that would have been his next vessel of sorts. Oh, interesting. Never came to fruition. Would have been an odd way to retcon that to be true here. I'm glad they didn't do that. And I'm glad we have Gambit back. Honestly, whatever happens in the Captain Britain... Let's let's get Gambit some other action somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just let Gambit do something else, and maybe like a Gambit and Rogue story. <laughs> Mister and Mrs. X Part Two. Maybe. Warline Comics is cutting right to the point with a question on my mind. What do we think will happen with Wrong Slide and Gorgon? Mm. He won't love it if we don't explore how they are changed. The great intro we got in X Men Red. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure because I feel like Gorgon I don't know much about, but Wrong Slide I feel like has made peace with who he is. And I would like to see him continue on and maybe assisting Sunspot, but I don't. I don't think I need to see anything else about how he's changed in particular because I feel like he's he's, he's made peace with himself as he is. Gorgon, I don't really know anything about him, so he hasn't really done much let's except see like, what happens. Laugh I guess. in that ice cream bin, yeah. In way of X, uh, the, the Pikachu phrases it in a different way. Who might opt for it now that resurrection is a choice? Right, mm. give them the option. Would you like to go back to who you were, or would you like to just stay here? That gives you still some ability to explore further, but you also always have that soft reset. Mm. The fact that Wrong Slide specifically said, you know, I would like to live this life and then at some point I might die and come back as someone else. And yeah. you know, just give him that ability to live out as Wrong Slide. And then, and yeah. I know, you know, there's right, uh, not right slide, Rock Slide fans <laughs> out there that are like, no, I want my character back. Yeah, I want Santo. That's fair, right. Right, and, and Anol, who has not reacted in any way, shape, or form, should want, should him want back. Ro- right slide, rock slide back. <laughs> if this is wrong slide, I don't want to be right slide. Oh, man. 
Eric Hoffman liked Knights of X, but was a bit fuzzy on what happened to Remy. He changed, didn't die. So he like disappeared when they first entered into the Siege Perilous, mm-hmm. in, into Mercator, essentially the Siege Perilous, because he was dealt the death card, which changes him, mm-hmm. but does not actually fully kill him. I think he did die, but he kind he, of like became resurrected within the Siege Perilous into that evil version of him. Right. And then Betsy like set him straight. Yeah, set him straight, set that him was, free. It, it was a little mo- that would have benefited from an extra page of dialogue yes, and, and expansion. Yes. Curls loved how nights ended, felt like a storybook ending, and Death Gambit was so cool. Yes. Yeah, I, I did love how it ended. I felt like that just brought everything together that we wanted. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent with all that. Curls. On to the ending, the final. The final book, X-Men number 14. I got my Iceman trading card and my guy, Scott Summers, right here. My guy. My guy. Uh, It's intense on this cover, kind of scary. It's a very, like, I don't know, it makes me feel like Scott's about to die. Yeah, yeah, no. He's he's about to face Um, judgment. Yeah, but this is like I'm going to be beheaded. Sure, but you don't know, right? You don't know. It's supposed to give you that feeling. It's supposed to make you... Tummy rumble. You know, I, I want to come out and say my name is Justin and I'm a Cyclops fan. Y'all, it happened. Um, I was trying to change your opinion and honestly ended up changing my own. Oh, interesting. I've never hated Cyclops. I've just always been like, yeah, Cyclops is Cyclops. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But no, I. Uh, you are you are making the statement. It is here. You heard it. It's been a gradual shift. Hickman definitely started that in mm-hmm. a lot of what he was doing in his X-Men run. And I feel like Jerry has helped to continue that. And especially with the leadership. And I, I posted it today. is like when you when you realize mom and dad are actually kind of cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gene Cyclops. Yeah, Gene's pretty cool. Especially in Judgment Day it has been stepping up and like really rocking it. I don't know if I'm going to say anything either way about Cyclops. That's fine. I'm done. I'm done on that quest. You're done. You gave up. I I I won. I found my own piece. I beat my own siege perilous. Oh shoot! Um, Do whatever you want with Cyclops. I would say that I think of the overall. I think that Jerry and Ben are two of my favorite X writers. Consistently. I really like the way they tell stories. Anyway, shall we? Sure. Page turn noise. No more holding back. Iceman, Ice Man. who, to be fair, I've always been an Iceman fan. Yeah, we like, know Like, I'm this. not trying to undercut because this is his issue. I do want to point out, interesting, the trading card variant for last issue was Iceman. Interesting. Even though last issue was more of a magic story mm-hmm. in my mind, the trading card variant for this issue is magic maybe because maybe only because they didn't want to reveal her her costume it just feels like but that would have made more sense so much more sense and and i do like that as a intentionality of having the trading card tie in with who's the spotlight of the issue yes we're kicking it off with this reporter this homophobic editor editor saying we don't need the gay this Honestly, this reeks of fan complaint. Mm. You know, why do they have to say a character is gay? What does it add to the story? Honestly, this whole issue did some really great things for Iceman. Oh, my God. And really great things for representation 
I like basically cried when I read that data page. Yeah, no, you should have. Because yeah. that's what it was intended to, mm-hmm. to make to move you in that way. Yeah. Solar strike. These weird looking guys with their Nova helmets. Mm, man, I really like I said it before and I'm saying it again. This is what I was excited for. Cyclops and Magic are a great yeah. team. Yeah. I really like their dynamic. A yeah. lot. Captain Commander. Yeah. Even though he's not the commander anymore. But still. Mm-hmm. That that team up in that X-Men issue back when they were fighting the brood. Yeah. I just feel like it's it's like he has seen her for a long time as sort of like like a Padawan and now she's elevated to a co Jedi master and he sure. like respects her. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He gives her that level of respect while she still gives him the level of like, I'm still learning from you. I know I've been elevated, but they have this like really nice understanding of each other. And and also like, I don't know. I just I like I think their dynamic is really great. It makes me think of the issue. I don't remember what issue it was, but it was like Cyclops calling magic to the moon. To be like, oh, hey, what happened with Doug and in space? And Magic just says to him, um, I've got it. I've got mine. Mm-hmm. What what was this for? You could have just texted me this. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is a tweet. This is not an in-person yeah. meeting. And I feel like there's no more confusion yeah. anymore. There is an equality, especially with them both as equals in their captain position. Mm-hmm. I feel like that just adds more to that as a reason. You know, yeah. I, I can understand Cyclops being this guy who has been around forever, right? Mm-hmm. He's the original X-Man. Yeah. Debatable. But, you know, right. Right, right, right. The fact that there are so many other people stepping into their own and, and finding a way to allow that mm-hmm. while still not taking away who he is right. and, and how much he brings to the team. Right. I love magic. Yeah. Hey, we're busy, but not busy enough to let our sun get destroyed. <laughs> I love that this has all the references to a Judgment Day story, but with very little Judgment Day. I do, too. It, it just gives you a breather in the overall event. Mm-hmm. And I love how these guys are like, there's only two of them. Right. We're good. Right. And then... The game wait, world callbacks. How the flark? Yeah. The, I, so and, good. And to... Reference it in the history with Magneto. Yes. I thought that was perfect. I loved it. The soundbite element of it, I had heard a couple people complaining about the limited amount of depth that we get in the dialogue. That it Mm. just feels like kind of uh, jutting in with a remark here and a remark there. And we're really not like exploring character. And I'm honestly fine with that and, and, and enjoy that to let this breathe as a big action story yeah and and to know and especially this team we know these guys yeah you know? I th- and they know each other right and and they should and and it's fun it's so much fun yeah it is it's really fun and I, and I feel like we do get depth of character but in a different way in a way that we can sense their They're their comfort together. level with each other right. and their knowledge of each other and it feels more like like how a sitcom works, right? Like how those characters make little quips back and forth to each other because they understand who each other sure. is. And it's not always like deep, meaningful conversation, but it still shows right. connection. Right. 
But either way, the sun is um, going to blow up all over the earth and we need to do something to about it. To bathe Terra in fire. Heads up, X-Men. You only have... Eight minutes till death. Ice. Title page. Ice cold. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> What's cooler than being cool? Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Sia Villa. Color art by Matt Miller. The Villa and the Miller. Letters by Clayton Coles. He's Clayton Coles. Team Omega. Queen Jean calling the shots. Let's go, Jean. I, I do love this, like, dropping in. I mean, I love dropping shots. I know shots. you love, I love dropping, dropping shots. Shot. I'll say it every time it comes up. But just the fact that she is doing so many different things. She does so many things at once. Honestly, it's amazing. Downloading the details. Just just a little extinction-level event, Bobby. You know, just go handle this. Don't worry about it. Don't you got it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to stay here and fight, but... Also telepathically connect you with other people and also shoot you up yeah, into space. Throw you into space so you can step up and do it. Amazing. And he's here for it. He's like, all right, I got this. Because yeah. he's not afraid of who he is anymore. Right, because he's been looking for this. I, I feel like we were getting just the starts of this at the end of Marauders mm-hmm. where he really got the opportunity to flex what he wanted to. It mm-hmm. felt like... Jerry knew that that's what he wanted. He was like, year two is going to be Iceman. Yeah. And I wonder if he had the rosters set mm. ahead of time. Like, did he know that's where I want to build? I can't imagine that it was all set like that because, right. you know, you're going to have influences from other stories. You're going to have... As things develop. Right, right. But... The votes. Right. But the, the votes is just going to add a wild card and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he had no plans for Havoc and doesn't mention Havoc one bit in this issue. Did yeah. you forget he was on the team again? I did. Oh, my gosh. I forgot he was on the team again. <laughs> <laughs> well, put on your thinking bandana and figure out how we do this. Oh, you're my so ashamed. God. I, yeah, because I feel really bad because I totally forgot he was on the team. But honestly, put on your thinking bandana is one of my favorite parts of this issue. There are so many one and like, there's so many one-liners. There's so many one-liners mm-hmm. that I just loved. I love it. And and honestly, I'm gonna say right here, here for Firestar on this issue. Yeah, Firestar was great. And this is what we need. Like, I, I'm into the new costume. Not crazy about the little fire glasses that she's wearing on the second page, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, the fact that she is contributing and and. Being a team player, not like making snide comments about how this, oh, we wish this was the Avengers. Like, But I think that what is interesting, too, is that, you know, we were talking about like, oh, is Jerry writing it that way because he is not interested in having her on the team? And what I got from this issue, which made me feel more connected to how it was, you know, how she was in the last issue or so, was that she was disgruntled because she wasn't sure of how she actually fit on this team because she didn't see herself as part of Krakoa. So how could she see herself as an X-Man? And And then when she start like the like high five moment between her and Bobby and this like, Oh, okay, I did it. I'm figuring out how I find my place. Yeah. yeah. Angelica found her groove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forge always has his thinking bandana. I love it. I just, and I love him on the, I mean, I love and I don't love the fact that he's just on the sidelines doing his thing, right? You know, this is the second time we've mm-hmm. seen him hanging out on the beach. <laughs> At least he's got his business suit on. But the mathematical equations in the sand and the sandwich in hand as he strolls back and forth, calmly finding the answer. This 
upload and download communication back and forth between the individual members. It's, it's so really fluid. Great. It's really great team dynamics. Yeah. They're a well-oiled machine and they're just a brand new team. It's really cool. It's to because see. they're not, you know, like they're, they're a new configuration, but so many of these people have been on teams together well, yeah, before. They're, they're a new team, but they're not new athletes. Right. Right. Like they're seasoned athletes. Right. This is, this is the, um, the all-star game. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is like, okay, hey, we were all, we, and, and most Look at of me, them, I made a sports reference. Yeah, we're going with it. We're going with it. I'm just saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we got to save these astronauts real quick. Can I, this ice slide. It's so gorgeous. Image. Shout out to Villa and the Miller. Because <laughs> yeah. that, I'm that, here I for just, that team. I love up. it. I love it. Yes. We got to save these astronauts. Hey, guys, come with me through this little portal real quick. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> yeah, it's like a flaming magical sword appears and a woman's like, come with me if you want to live. And she's got a Russian accent. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And you're like, um, okay, I guess I will. Oh, God. The art. Yeah. The colors. Ice and thick. With the astronaut rescue drop shot as he's building this protection layer. Here comes the sun. Not in a good song way, though. The art does a ton of work. Like Not even just the beauty of it, but it mm -hmm. does a ton of work in this book to move things. And I, honestly, it's what Jerry has been practicing with Pepe. Mm -hmm. But you look back at, and, and the way that he talked about planet-sized X-Men. Mm -hmm. Just That is an opportunity. He has his clean action concept he has what he wants from the start to the finish of the issue and just give some space for the artists to play right for them to do their thing right no it's it's right? beautiful that's what makes comics different than other stories is this added element this partnership this yeah this synergy between the creators all of the creators right artists color artists letters, letters Yes, the writers, like all of the things coming together to make this, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. And it's really cool to see when it comes together to the way that like you can have the dialogue that's telling you the story, but you could also just look at these images and mm -hmm. get the story. Mm -hmm. Right and fire, but sir, our troops. <laughs> Angelica with the saves. And yet she doubts her ability to do it on her own as we throw up some reinforcements. Rogue. Yeah. Didn't you leave this team? <laughs> nah, you never leave this team. I'm just hanging out. Like, come on. We were all just on Krakoa fighting Eternals, and I was told by Gene, hey, we need a second hand. I'm just here to help, okay? Let me be. More ice. Really getting to see Iceman flex here. I love it. The full display of the Omega Power. It's amazing. And just this relaxed fall back into Earth's atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Hands behind my head. Ice King. And while we're at it, let's just make a gorgeous rainbow. Yeah, just, uh, yo, Firestar. Oh, hey, bud. Yeah, that's. As he gains control of his slide again and high fives. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And these pages are so beautiful. Yeah. They're so, be like, just this, you know, it's the, the fire and ice dynamic that we were getting in with Marauders Pyro, yeah. with Pyro. But now we're getting it in a different way with, with Firestar. Well, and especially they have such a shared history as well. So mm. this, the amazing friends team right. up, right? And so for that to have, you know, Pyro and Bobby, Pyro and Iceman were really finding each other in mm -hmm. Marauders. They already know each other. Right. Firestar and Iceman, they're already friends. And 
that is Firestar's lifeline into the team, too. Right. You know, you this have is how she can feel connected. You have Iceman, who is an O five member with the two captains, who mm-hmm. has connections throughout everyone. But no, hey, no, we're friends. We're cool. Mm-hmm. We're work buds. Yeah. Be cool with everyone. Don't be scared of magic. She's scary, but she's scary, but in the best in way. In the best way. She's scary, but she's the kind of scary you want to have on your side. Yes. As we drop into Chicago and get a little impromptu interview. Before we get the interview, because we got to really spend some serious time addressing that data page and what Iceman has to say, I just want to talk to one of my second favorite moments in the issue is this guy with his God hates muties signs and yep. magic was here. And I just love it. Yeah. I love that little tomfoolery. She's the best. But I think that Iceman being like, no, you know what? I got to go. And then stopping and saying, no, I need to say this. Like, here is my moment. Just this, just this last, you know, not only talking about like his hiding for so long and for the fact that he's pointing out that he's a mutant and a gay man and that he has got two things going, you know, potentially working against him. But especially even while he saves all these people's lives. Right. And 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 saying how he could very well come out of his ice form and be what people want him to be. Right. But shouldn't have he's to. not going to do that because he shouldn't have to. It's not his true self. And saying don't wait to be who you are don't be ashamed of that person that's such an important message and it's it's one of those things that is uh assumed a lot right in in the mutant metaphor but to have it just said and in writing is just so powerful and it's so important and i think it's just delivered so poetically Mm -hmm. by Iceman as this confident speaker of his truth. And it rings so connected to Luciano Vecchio's X-Men Unlimited Iceman story Mm -hmm. and where he was really finding that ability to be this gay mutant icon for so many other people to be able to inspire them to be their true selves and to just, you know, don't have to hide your power. Yeah. Mutant or otherwise. Right. And then cutting right back to this reporter and saying, you're going to run my story the way that it's written or you're not going to run it at all. I'm going to bring it to another paper. Because you J. Jonah Jameson want to be. You're not going to diminish any part of who this person is because you think that that's what people want to read. Gay all day. And, you know, I like that. I, I like that this guy changes his tone and I think it is a really interesting, it really made me think about Judgment Day as a series in a different way when he says, I wish I could remember when exactly it was that we all became so judgmental. And it goes right back to judgment, the, the judgment. And, you know, just this idea that so much of the turmoil and the 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 difficulties that face our society on a daily basis are pulled from people's perception or judgments of how other people live their lives. And it's really interesting knowing that, you know, the conversation we were having in our last episode about how the judgment is really based on 
each individual's person, each individual person's judgment of themselves Mm. and how if everybody is not so concerned with everybody else and holds themselves to their own individual standards that we would be living in a much better world. But too often people try to inflict their own standards on other people's ways of living. Mm. And it's just, a, I don't know, it just really made me stop and pause and go, oh, wow, that's such a deep perspective on the Judgment Day arc as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And now it's time for Mr. Summers to be judged. Is it, though? Because the only person who can judge me is my wife. Jean and I'm Jean. somewhat into that. I love how, like, wait, what? The Celestial is just like, wait, what is she? Who? You? Okay, you're All right. All right, thumbs up. Your, your boss. Rock on, King. Thumbs up to Cyclops. And then Cyclops says, if you keep that thumb up, we won't have to meet again. Yeah. He stands up for himself and his people, and he doesn't let others define who he is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that connects between both of their stories mm-hmm. in this. And I just, that is why I'm okay with Cyclops getting the thumbs up and Captain America getting the thumbs down. Oh, interesting. Because... Captain America is working to bring everyone together and and he even feels as though he's failing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cyclops is trying to work for the betterment of his people. And especially in the last, in, in Hickman's arc, mm-hmm. the way that he would philosophize on what we have, a home for our family, a, a, a place that we've never had before, that we've always been running and hiding and fighting to just find something like this Mm -hmm. and the fact that they found it and he wants to fight to his death to protect it Mm -hmm. that's why he's passing yeah Mm -hmm. interesting it just mm, makes me think about what the actual difference between that and captain america is though because i don't think aside from you saying you don't think captain america or captain america doesn't think that he's succeeding succeeding and I guess Cyclops is more confident in because he's seeing what? the proof. Like they, they have over the last three years, they mm-hmm. as a society have stepped into a much higher comfort zone into who they're able to be. Mm. I'm gonna think about that more. Sure, as we wait for the Children of the Vault. Ooh, the Children of the Vault. Big picture. I, I love this issue. I remember, as soon as I finished reading it, I closed it and I said. That was a really good issue. That was a really good issue. Yeah. No, I big fan. The team synergy, the high action, it's kicking it out of the park in my book. It's beautiful to look at. It's fun to read. It had really powerful moments in it. Yeah. Like, what else do I, you need? I worry about the literal zero mention of Havoc. I, that is concerning. Throughout the story. But honestly, I'm enjoying it too much to really mind. Mm. Iceman is the star of this issue, hands down. Cyclops is on the cover magic is on the other cover yeah but the true mvp of the show is bobby drake a hundred percent andrew Hiding dong loved x-men 14 he's just a little upset that pepe laraz isn't drawing Iceman for his focus issue the way that he drew sunfire gene and others so beautifully in their issues mm. i'm not gonna say i don't miss pepe because i love Always pepe's pepe. work any kind of pepe is my pepe but i don't read these issues and go Oh, I wish it was another artist. Like, sure. I think this art is gorgeous, and I was fully engulfed in it the whole yeah. time. I was impressed, and I was really 
appreciative of this artist bringing their work and especially you know the the villa and the miller working together mm -hmm. to to do this um you know to think what this might have looked like differently if pepe had done it i'm thinking about it now mm -hmm. but i don't want to dismiss what we got because i think what we got was really great i do too you, you're not going to tell me that year one was not solid gold on the art side oh, every time yeah. that Pepe and Marta came up on the board. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I was upset vocally that they had fill-in artists, even though I understand you got to take a break sometimes. You got to take a break. Grimalkin Lane, Chad thought the Iceman Firestar team up was pretty great. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was strong first step in really integrating her into this team mm -hmm. and playing on the most solid relationship that she has and that we've really seen. Plus, their power balance is so cool. Yes. And visually, the art did a really nice job of of combining their powers. And, and that's where like this beautiful color scheme came from. So Yeah. The Pikachu is wondering if we'll get to see the judgments of other team members like we did with speeches last year. Mm, that could be cool. That, that could be cool. I think we'll get all of the judgments of this team just because they're so high profile mm -hmm. to the X-Men. But I would like to see something more like what we got with Iceman, where something strong, character-defining write-up or action sequence or just something that really feels like it gets to the meat of a character story mm -hmm. that really lets them shine. Because I feel like that was, you know, the, the judgment part of Cyclops was really great and really poignant for his story in relation to Judgment Day, mm -hmm. but the Iceman story was transcendent of the event. But I don't know that we need that for all of the characters because I feel like, like Magic, for instance, she sort of just got that with her art. Sure, yeah, right. So, and I, I would say that maybe she, something like that for Havoc would be nice. <laughs> so we know he's on the team. Anything for Havoc would be nice, just so we know he's alive and he's not just dead at the bar drinking. Poor Havoc. Speaking of the Iceman moment, Mike Loves Mariah Carey said that this issue was his favorite X-Men issue of the year. Oh, wow. Iceman's interview as a gay mutant made him cry. Yeah. And it was so heartfelt, and the writing was on point. One of the best Iceman stories of all time. I mean, I will agree that it was a really important story, and it was told really well. Yeah. No, it was handled really well. Warline Comics starting us off with some Cyclops talk. If the Celestial is truly judging people by how they see themselves... Based on Twitter theories and, and what I said last episode, he says it's a continuity error. Cyclops was threatening the Celestial, was saying like, hey, you can't do this. Mm. I think, though, if you're, if you're being judged on how you see yourself and you're telling the, the party that is judging you that I already have a person who keeps me in check essentially sure. yeah, it's like yeah. what he was saying about gene is like i keep i i keep tabs on myself by having this person who keeps me in check and by also saying i it was like aggressive in how he said it but i think it was more along the lines of like i don't need your judgment to feel good about myself sure and that's and maybe that's the difference you know like I don't need this validation. Captain, Captain America was worried about what, how he would be judged where Cyclops is, is saying, I don't need that from you. Sure. And that then gives him like, oh, you're confident in yourself. You seek 
um, ways to find, you know, your morality in others. I don't need to judge. I don't need to judge you harshly. Right. Because I, I didn't get a feeling of threatening the mm. celestial. It felt more confidently asserting his position of like, here is where I, I came in knowing the measure of myself because and I, and I love how you're phrasing it. Mm-hmm. I have someone that keeps me in check that that I bounce that off of mm-hmm. and they make it so I don't need someone else's judgment to determine my worth. But he was a little threatening when he was like, now keep that thumb up or and you, you know, I'm the X-Men, baby. You can't yeah. come at me. All right. But, yeah. But, Understand? Being, but being like, you know. Now, keep doing that or I'm going to come for you. Like, that was a little threatening. You're my boy with the claws coming at you. <laughs> LV Duart cannot stand Scott's Gene is the only to judge me line. Oh. Yeah, the other side of it. I, I thought it was ridiculously cocky in a way of the only way you can stand down a space god. It's mm-hmm. just you got to assert yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. I it, it's it, That's so interesting because it kind of made me respect Scott a little bit more. In that, like, you know, like your partner is a person that you see yourself in and that holds you accountable for things. And so saying that this person who you feel is your other half, don't look at me like with those crazy <laughs> eyes. My goodness. You're but saying other, this, this, this person who you feel is your other half. Can you stop? I'm trying to make a serious sentence and I can't. I have no idea what I was just going to say because you just stared into my soul. The craziest eyes I've ever seen. Um. Anyway, I think it's it's endearing. And that's all I've got because I can't I can't say anything else. Girls is making me laugh. Did Cyclops just out logic the celestial? Can he do that? He just did, girl. I guess he just did. She yeah. She didn't want to like this new story slash lineup, but really enjoyed this issue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a lot of people's hesitancy at the Hellfire Gala. It's like, wait, uh, I'm not crazy about this, but. Uh, Honestly, you could put anybody on this team and I feel like they'd make it work. Mm-hmm. Eric Huffman is on that same boat. X-Men was just a fun book. Glad we see them interacting in a playful way. But where was Alex? At the bar? Yeah. Yeah. Worried Yikes. about him. Sorry, Alex. Remspringer calling you out. Me? Saying Alicia has to like Scott now. He passed where Steve failed. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I Honestly, I feel like that's almost makes it a knock on him <laughs> well no here's the thing is this the path that scott has been on is making me like him more slash making me less annoyed by him sure yeah that's the thing is i never thought scott well you know except for the whole madeline thing it was, was like that's you're a bad dude scott but for the most part i don't think that scott is a bad dude he just easily annoys me like he gets on my nerves because he's just a generally a overachieving brown nosing butt face but like a good dude and you know that's annoying to me but the he's way in which he is interacted with his fellow x-men in recent times I feel less annoyed by him. Same. Uh, I mean, he was annoying in the cartoon. And he was annoying in the movie. Right. And I, I don't. And those those were your first impressions. Right. And that's what I'm trying to contextualize yeah. for you. Yeah. But Wise Guy 73, 1701 wants to know if we're mad 
that Scott is not saying Emma or Logan's name when he talks to the Celestial. No. Honestly, I'm I'm all set with it. It's fine. I, I mean, I think at this point in time, this this Scott Summers right here, right now, Gene is the most important thing to him. Yeah. Like Logan is a side piece and Emma is the past. Well, also <laughs> a side piece. Okay. <laughs> you just would not call Emma a side piece. That's the problem. Yeah, she's yeah. now in side piece. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Like would Scott say Logan's the only one that can judge me? No. When I let him snuggle with Gene and I'm like, all right, I'm fine. I'm I'm going back to Krakoa, I guess. We share his stupid room situation. No, I just think unspoken it's a different. Thruple. It's different. It's different. That's all of our questions. Well, great. This that was is a, a great, long issue. This is a great week of comics. Yeah, that I was really, really good. thoroughly enjoyed all of them. Are you ready for two comics that you're probably not going to enjoy next week? No, what no. are they? Death to the Mutants number two. Mm-hmm. Marauders number six. Oh, gosh. But then. But then. Wolverine number 24. Okay. X-Men and Moon Girl number one. We'll see. All right. New Mutants number 29. Whoa. And Immortal X-Men number six. It's Hot a big diggity. week. Are we going to have to do a two-parter? We're hopefully going to do it if we say that. <laughs> Well, you know, hopefully we won't get COVID again. So. Sure. No, yeah, we can't. <laughs> There's that. Plus, we got this three-day weekend. Yeah. We got nothing to do except cosplay. I got so much cosplay work to do. I got to work on my sword. I got to finish my armor. We got to start going on your stuff. I got a lot to do. Yep. That's it. That's it. Hey, you know, before we go... It's uh, once in a while I just like to mention we've got a Patreon. You can support all this cool stuff that we do by subscribing to our Patreon for just $3 a month. And we do one mini-sode a week. We've been doing this series called Afterthoughts where we revisit the comics. We just kind of like chat with each other, go over lingering questions, throw out some theories and occasionally you'll get other content on there like maybe some cosplay stuff some videos behind the scenes some art um just three dollars a month so if you're interested in that just head over to patreon and search the ex-wife podcast and one more little plug if you haven't checked out our t public page you probably should we've got some fun designs up there and things come up on the pod all the time that we transform into shirt ideas so i know you, something that you don't know you never know uh what you'll find there so thanks so much for always being here for us and for listening and for nerding out with us and for submitting your questions and for those of you who are patrons you know we we feel really lucky to be able to do what we do and to share this with all of you and sometimes i think we don't say that enough so thanks for being awesome And until next time, old friend. Charles wasn't in a single panel this week, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 